Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's do this. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. Today we have Michelle Olson Rogers, the founder of Modern Boca Mom. Modern Boca Mom is the leading online destination for the modern and stylish South Florida mommy. I was a fan of Modern Boca Mom from the beginning while I was in Connecticut. So I'm really excited to have Michelle on the show. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for having me, and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for being a fan, Christine. That really, really does lift my heart. (laughs) Yeah, I I just love what you're doing. So um, thank you for joining us on the show. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you grew up in Boca. Tell us about Michelle growing up in Boca. What was that like? Oh, Michelle growing up in Boca. Very different than grown-up Michelle in Boca. But, yeah, I was (laughs) born and raised. I'm one of those rare, actual, living, breathing Floridians. I was, uh, I grew up here, went to, I know, right? Grew up here, went to school here, and then ended up going to college in St. Augustine, about four hours north of here at a a small liberal arts school named Flagler College. And then Mm -hmm. after I graduated, I was recruited uh, by uh, one of my favorite companies, and I'm sure during the quarantine they're doing very well, Sally Hansen Nail Care. So I worked on um, their (laughs) Yes, no kidding, right? Um, I worked on their marketing team uh, for several years and then ended up moving into New York City uh, to uh, join a PR agency focused also in the beauty industry. But it was great, you know. Um, New York and Boca have so many, you know, connections. We always joke around that Boca is the sixth borough because we have yeah. so many residents who like to snowbird down here or retire down here. Um, so it was wonderful. I had a very magical New York experience in my 20s. And uh, and then after I had my first daughter, my only daughter, we, my oh. husband and I decided to move back down to Boca to raise her where I grew up. So that's, that's a little bit about my background in a nutshell. Oh, that's, that's very nice. And you are right. Um, finding a Floridian is very rare, especially in South Florida. Uh, you know, <laughs> we have similar parallels. I was born in Jamaica, but I was raised in um, Plantation, Florida. So it is very rare to find that. Uh, so what was it like to be living in New York City as a Floridian? You know, like I, I had a similar experience. Uh, my eyes are wide open to this major city. What was that like for you? Um, you know, living in New York was great. The hardest thing that I had to get used to was winter, obviously. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I... Uh, I definitely, those were tough. The winter months can be very challenging, especially when you're used to sunshine and 80 degrees with the majority of the year. Uh, But it was, it was fun because I had uh, several friends from college in Florida move up to New York while I happened to live up there. And so it was a rite of passage to teach them also how to get through the winters with the right coat, the right boots, (laughs) all those things that, you know, when you live down here, I don't even think I had a sweater yeah. <laughs> like the heaviest jacket I owned was a denim one until uh, until I was in college, approximately. So, yeah. Um, but it was great. I mean, again, like living in New York in your 20s, you know, no kids. And, uh, you know, I had I, I had lived with my boyfriend and then ended up marrying the guy. So we had uh-huh. a great, a great experience because 
we were able to take advantage of everything that the city had to offer. Uh, and so I, I highly recommend that uh, you be selfish in your 20s if you can. I always tell my daughter that, you know, when she's graduated from college, she should head to a big city. It doesn't have to be the big city. But just right. to get that experience, because once you have children, you know, your priorities really do change. You can't be as selfish about your time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, like, where in New York did you live? Did you live in the city itself, or did you live in um, the outer boroughs? So I started out on Long Island in a little town called Westbury in uh, Nassau yep. County. Sa- Sally Hansen was located at the time in Uniondale oh, okay. before – yeah, this was before they were acquired by Cody, and then they moved into the city. And then uh, when I got my PR job, I moved into Manhattan and lived in Hell's Kitchen pretty much the whole time I was in the oh, city. Wow. I lived on diff- different streets, but anywhere from 35th Street up to 48th Street, I kind of moved north during my time there. But oh. it was great. But Hell's Kitchen is very central to everything. It's walking distance from, you know, the Hudson. So uh, it's it's it was wonderful. Again, we had a great experience. The area was still developing at the time, so it was nice, mm-hmm. but it still had some, you know, New York grittiness to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we loved it. And it was, it was always a fun time trying to figure out how to live in a tiny, you know, one bedroom apartment uh, and right. uh, a fourth floor walk up, you know, I've lived in every <laughs> type of building possible there. And uh, it was, it was definitely unique. You learn how to be a minimalist by uh, necessity. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I lived in downtown Brooklyn in Clinton Hill, so that was, and I, I commuted oh. to the city. Um, I worked in Midtown, so yeah, I, I still look back at that time with a lot of nostalgia, and it was a great yeah. time. Yeah, it was. So, it was. It's yeah. different now. It's so different now. New York, when we go back to visit, you know, it's it's so much more expensive. I I don't know what it is, what's changed, but. Um, you know, New York is one of those cities that it's frozen in time for you in your mind, mm-hmm. but then you go back and you're like, oh no, life is, life continues without me being here, sadly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It's like, I, I remember I, I took the kids there, my husband, and I was like, yeah, this is where I lived, and this, and, but it wasn't the same. The, the pizzeria nope. that I got a dollar slice from, it wasn't there. No, you know, no, nope, I know. It's very cleaned up, it, it's more expensive, it's very different. Um, so, yeah, you just have your memory. So, you know, like you said, you do what you can when you can because things change, and you change as a person. So, and then you end up moving down to Boca with your family, and your husband's from Maine. I love Maine. He is. Um, <laughs> and Me how too. Was that, how was that for you to come back to Boca in South Florida as an adult and after having lived in the city for a while? You know, I'm not going to lie, it was not an easy transition, but we had planned Mm -hmm. on moving back down once um, we decided to get pregnant. So it was always in the cards, but, you know, the timing was a little funny because you never know when you're actually going to get pregnant and then have said baby. So um, it it was tough. You know, we both had careers in New York that were very um, relegated, I would say, to New York City. My husband Mm -hmm. was a documentary filmmaker. I was in... public relations and being in PR in New York is, is um, it's kind of necessary to be in the city because at the time, at least we were always pitching to the magazines. So mm-hmm. I would, you know, take a car service one day and hit everything from uh, health magazine to Vogue and, and meet with all these different editors regarding my clients. And that's not as easy uh, when you live in Florida, but times have changed yeah. and, you know, bloggers have become uh, a really great medium to work with. And so um, 
I, I think that if we had stayed longer and the world was more like it is today, it could have been different. But anyways, we moved down and I tried to commute to my job uh, in PR. My husband decided to, stick, to quit his and stay home with our daughter. And it ended up just being really hard. And so I ended up getting laid off from my company. Oh, wow. um, it just it was very it was it was just tough not being there and trying to work from here while you know being a new mom hormones we it moved into a house that needed major renovations it was just like you know everything that can go wrong all at once did and so yeah then all of a sudden I was like okay cool so I don't have a job anymore my husband wasn't working and I had to really think fast and uh, that's actually how modern book a mom was born was um, just because I figured, you know, I've, I've been on the PR side of things for many, many years, but uh, I've never been on the media side. Let's switch things up. I'm burnt out from the PR side. Um, I'm going to start a blog that can help me as a new mom in South Florida, because at the time there was really nothing online that was even aggregating helpful information. You know, where were the mommy and me classes? What restaurants right. could you take your baby to? And it wouldn't be a big deal. And so I thought, you know what? Let me start this. I'll see what happens. I don't think I was necessarily considering in my mind that it was going to be my main career um, at the time. It was more like, let's just, you know, see what goes uh, on with this. And I started the blog. And within the first week, I had over a thousand hits. So I said, oh, wow, maybe I'm not the only person in Boca or the surrounding area looking for this type of information. Um, because, you know, as a, a lifer here in Boca Raton, um, let's, let's say, the the demographic in our city has changed a lot yes, since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, it used to be retirees, um, and now it's really heavy on the single family because we've really increased our economic center here in the city. We have a lot of big companies uh, in the former, you know, IBM complex area. We have the Boca Raton Innovation Campus, BRIC. So that's attracting a lot of talent from, you know, all over the country. You know, it's it's, it's wonderful, but it's just really changed who um, is populating this town. And uh, so, you know, whereas previous websites were kind of just targeting like the luxury retiree audience, there was nobody talking to the parents. And so I said, mm -hmm. you know what, I'm going to be this person and uh, try it out and, and see what happens. Wow. I mean, Within a week, you had a thousand views. That is amazing. Well, you know, I, I really promoted it on Facebook and uh, I believe mostly Facebook. Instagram wasn't as huge at the time, and my right. PR experience really lent itself to helping me get the word out about the blog. And it was a lot easier to grow on social media back in 2014. It's changed a lot now. I mean, really, those platforms re rely on advertising dollars to really get your message yeah. out. Um, so I think that really did help boost it. And I had a lot of friends from high school who were new moms too. So everybody kind of banded together and helped spread the word. And so that gave me the motivation to keep going and to really start just, just writing and taking pictures and going out there and just kind of figuring out what topics families wanted to know about. Um, it wasn't that difficult because I was as well as a new mom. And so yeah, right, I right. figured, well, what would I want to know about? Ah, there are three different types of swim lessons out there. What's the difference between them? Which yeah. one is better? That kind of thing. So I really did my research and, and got into creating this content that was personal, honest, but also provided something of value uh, to my readership. So when you, okay, so let's let's go back to when you first started your blog. So how often would you provide content uh, and like, did you create a calendar of like where, what you're going to talk about on a day by day basis? 
or were you pretty much following along the lead of your readers? Well, I would love to think I was that organized in the beginning, but I, I definitely <laughs> was not. Um, I, you know, I, at the time I had a one-year-old child, so I really just kind of created content whenever and wherever I could. There were many, yeah. many nights that I was up until, you know, one or two in the morning, just writing, editing, figuring out how to get something published on my blog. I'd never used WordPress before. Um, the only part that I really did feel confident in was, was social media. So I really tried to lean heavily on that. Uh, but no, I, I, I would say the, the calendar, the planning, all of that stuff really started to, um, come in uh, about six months down the road. At first, it was just really just trying to create a library, some sort of, you know, right. place where I could have enough content to get started. And then I could be a little more strategic about, uh, when, how, uh, and what to write about. Right. And I love your content because it's very um, approachable and rec- and I love that it's, it's central to South Florida. Like I could, I remember when I was in Connecticut, I was like, oh, so that's what you could do in Boca. And that's what, you know, you have all these nice pictures and you get the, <laughs> um, and then you also have the entrepreneur uh, profile that you do, um, your yeah. mompreneur, mompreneur. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Sure. Well, regarding the photos, I'm going to give a big shout out to Sweet Memories Photography because she's an amazing uh, photographer partner of mine, Naomi, and we've been working together for many years now. Um, And uh, she is an entrepreneur, not a mompreneur, but uh, I I really, going into starting this blog, you know, I myself was a mom entrepreneur, and so I wanted to give visibility to other local moms who were starting a business because when you become a mother – your career priorities can often change or, you know, by choice or by necessity, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're this high-powered lawyer, but then you decide that you don't want to be spending 18 hours a day in your office, so you decide mm-hmm. to start your own practice, like different things like that. So I wanted – nobody was kind of showing the hard work that these moms were putting in to kind of make something of their own. Um, and my, my goal with that whole thing And the questions are the same every week. I want people to tell their stories and talk about their challenges, uh, their wins, and, you know, all the, you know, things that go into starting a business. So um, I wanted to highlight that. Um, Entrepreneurship has always been very close to my heart and moms now as well after becoming one. And uh, it's a wonderful series. And I, I work to try to feature at least a couple moms a month. Uh, At one point I was, banging them out every single Monday. I would have a different feature, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a great, great um, addition to the blog. Uh, I mm-hmm. really do love, love those features. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like them. And then also you scale and grow your business. So you started as a, you know, a blog and it was just you. Um, tell us about the steps from 2014 till now um, and what has changed? What have you started doing differently how did you scale your business? Who's part of your team? You were mentioning a photographer, but how did what were the milestones leading up to this point? Oh wow! Okay, that's a big question. Um, okay. okay, so well, yeah, no, no. So first of all, because when becoming a blogger, there's like no formula to it, you know. Especially in 2014, you know, influencers weren't even a word yet. You know, being a blogger was, you know, sometimes they were just considered having a journal online. Mm-hmm. Um, this is being a blogger or a digital influencer. It's kind of an industry or a career path that we've kind of been able to adjust with and carve out along the way. So, 
Um, whereas, you know, I started with just my website and a Facebook page. I've really tried to pay attention to how the industry is growing and changing in new and unique ways to reach my audience. You know, my audience is moms. They're, you know, maybe 25 going to about 45. That's kind of my sweet spot. And becoming a niche blogger back in 2014 was kind of unheard of because at that point, the goal was to reach as many eyeballs as possible on the Internet. And so people kind of poo-pooed me and asked, you know, why would I want to limit myself to just Boca Raton and Palm Beach County when I could be trying to reach the whole United States? And it's funny how things have changed now six years later. The whole industry is saying niche down, niche down. You need right. to be able to reach a very specific strategic audience. And so uh, I, I'm very glad that I went that route because now I'm able to monetize my blog and work with different companies that are specifically trying to reach parents in South Florida. So that's been great. Um, in terms of scaling the business, you know, from the beginning, I've been the, the main writer on the blog. I did have some contributors um, at one time, especially starting out to start to build that content library. I'm also, I, I try not to be so arrogant to think that I know everything about parenting. You know, I don't have twins. I don't have boys. You know, there are so many different types of moms out there that are much more knowledgeable about a certain aspect of parenting than I am. So I always try, have from the beginning, tried to lean on other moms for advice if I don't know the answer to something uh, because, you know, every mom is different, but we're all doing the right thing, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it was it was just me at the beginning. I had a web developer help me build my site, but it's WordPress with a theme. I mean, it's not anything crazy. Uh, and still is that way. I changed it up about two years down the road uh, to have a really cohesive theme with my logo and and branding. Uh, and then I started working with a virtual assistant uh, about, I would say, two years ago at this point who helps me create content that's kind of ongoing on the blog, my weekend events roundup every week, um, laying out the Mompreneur Monday features, and just general assistant type stuff. So that has been great in freeing up my time to focus on sponsored content because when it comes down to it, you know, I love to help moms, but at the same time, this is a business for me. Right. So I started, I, I tried to monetize from the beginning and it's, I'm very much a, a, a subscriber to the whole fake it to make it uh, approach. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have a huge audience, but I had an audience. And so I started pitching out to local companies right away and saying, hey, you know, this is early days for me, but I would love to work with you. I, I really had a goal of working with one local business in every single category that could benefit parents. So we're talking one pediatrician, one dance school, um, one uh, children's theater, things like that, and uh, starting yeah. a relationship with these businesses early on so that they would support me financially with a, a small retainer each month, and then I would create content on their behalf and also work with them exclusively. So um, to this day, you know, I'm six years in. I still work with that same pediatrician, that same children's theater company that I worked, you know, that I started with at the beginning. And so um, it's been great because we've all been able to grow together. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love that. It's, it's been a very important part of my business and really finding the best business in that category and building a relationship where there is ongoing streams of income coming in every single month. 
Um, I always subscribe to the, you know, if you're a, a small business or an entrepreneur, you should always have multiple streams of income coming in. And I would say, considering we're in the middle of a global pandemic, that advice has never been more important. Yeah, <laughs> because if one, one dries up, then at least you have some other options. I never want to rely on a single salary ever again. It was very stressful losing that in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would like to think that the best thing to come out of that was just to learn how to be more strategic and scrappy when you're on your own in, in business. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so now um, I, the blog has, you know, gotten to a point where um, I'm still, you know, the, the head of everything. I write all of my own sponsored content, but I'm able to work with a professional photographer, so that way all of my imagery looks really professional. Um, I think that's, that surprises a lot of uh, partners and potential sponsors that, you know, I'm this small, hyper-local blog, but at the same time, I really try to make my product look as top-notch as possible so I can play in the big leagues with the bigger digital influencers out there. Yeah, and you have worked with really major brands such as Godiva, Wendy's, Beaches Resorts. So um, you have a lot of major brands that you're working with. And what I love about your website and your blog is that um, I feel like the moms in Boca, I I think Boca, for one, has like a – an uh, image of what people think Boca is like. Oh, you know, they just think of <laughs> yes. one type of person in Boca. We have I, a rap, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so much, dif- it's so different from what people think it is. I mean, and I love the fact that you highlight that, hey, there are moms here who are just like everybody else who are, Absolutely. you know. <laughs> and, I, and I love that about your website because it, it's, it's very niche and I also like the fact that it's very approachable and it shows the diversity of Boca Raton. And I don't think a lot of people are doing that right now. Yeah, I would say in in, in Boca, I'm kind of the the main parenting blogger. I, de- I yeah. definitely have other local mom friends who have uh, websites that are targeting a bigger geographic area or a different niche altogether, but they're, you know, local to Boca. Um, but I, I would say the benefit of that is that we've all realized after doing this for so many years is that um, – we are able to help each other instead of yeah. looking at each other like competition because the beauty right. of blogging or really any media that's owned by an individual is that it's very hard to replicate somebody else's work because it's so personal. Sure. You know, my journey as a yeah. mom is going to be very different from your journey as a mom. And I also think that people can see through very quickly um, anything that's uh, fake on your online platform. So I always strive to be very authentic with my audience, very honest. I, I'm an open book. Uh, I definitely work hard to get sponsored gigs. So, you know, I know especially during this time, it's really challenging for bloggers to continue to make money because people think that they're, you know, there's more important things happening in the world, which is true. But at the same time, you know, there's still life happening and yeah, uh, sponsored work is, is helping, you know, people like me keep our doors open. This is kind of a tangent, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, but it's, it's, I really try to support, um, all of my local influencer friends, uh, and, uh, it's, it, it really, you know, what, what's the, the saying, the rising tide lifts all boats? That's, yeah, that's yeah, really the way exactly. I see it now. I, I don't, I can't say that I saw it that way in the beginning. I was very conscious of my competitors, but now I'm, I said, forget it. There's enough work for everyone. There's right. enough eyeballs out there to read your content, react to your content. So let's all work together and help each other out. And I think now more than ever, 
uh, content like yours and other bloggers in that space, I need to read it. I, I don't need to be um, inundated with a lot of negativity regarding the coronavirus. I, I want to yeah. see pretty pictures of, you know, yes. like <laughs> on blogs. And I, I want to read content like that right now. It makes me, realize, you know, remember that I'm still in this space and people are in this together with me and there's still a lot of beauty out there. So, you know, kudos to you and other bloggers who are keep um, giving us content because I appreciate it for once. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I've never been more grateful that I shot a lot of photos in the first quarter. So I was able to yeah. bank a nice, a nice library of images um, right. prior to this time because holy smokes, now taking pictures is a whole different thing. Um, yeah. The only time I've been yeah. able to work with my photographer since the pandemic started was, um, have you heard of the Front Porch Project? that somebody started out in California? Yes, I heard about that. Yeah, it is great. If you search the hashtag on Instagram, hashtag Front Porch Project, um, you'll see people who have taken family photos on their front porches, in front of their stoops, um, with a photographer from afar, like, you know, they're 30 feet away with a long-range lens, and that's how they've gotten their Easter pictures this year, or that's how they've gotten their family photo to – to kind of commemorate, like to, to, you know, record this time in history. And so I did that with my photographer uh, last week, which was the first time I think I had done my hair and makeup in about two to three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was such a cool thing to do. And I got such a great response um, from it on Instagram. I think I had one hater, which was annoying. But uh, everybody else was like, that's such a good idea because, you know, it is still Easter. It's still springtime. It's you know, a great opportunity, to, you know, to record this moment and, you know, put something out there um, on our digital platforms that's not, you know, doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, and when you really think about it, 50 years from now, we have a lot to talk to our grandchildren about this time. Oh, yes. In history, oh, yes. you know, and, and um, like, my son is um, turning eight next week, and we're having a virtual birthday party for him, and, you know, because oh, at awesome. the end of the day, he's still turning eight, you know, it's still something we want yeah. to celebrate. So um, I'm going yeah. to need to get some tips from you, because my daughter's is May 1st, and so I think we'll be in the oh, same boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what we, we did, there's a website, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know about it, there's a website, um, I got, I'll give you the name of it, where everybody's sending their um their video of like birthday wishes to him and they can ask a couple answer a couple of questions and um Aww. on our and at the birthday I'm gonna show them the video, you know, so he could see it and it's gonna be a surprise. So he's gonna come out in the living room and I'm gonna have the computer linked up to our T V and he'll see everybody wishing him a happy birthday. Um, oh my gosh. So, I'm tearing up just like listening to that because uh, that would be just the sweetest that's the sweetest thing. Such a good idea. I definitely need to to do this for Avery. She will love it. So yeah, yeah and I'm happy our kids don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, and then also like I've heard of scavenger hunts. Like they could do scavenger hunts around their house uh, mm-hmm. while the party's going on, and um, you could also have a parade. Gwyneth Paltrow did that for her son. Like they did a parade of cars coming out. You know, just wishing him a happy birthday, which I think is really cute too. Love it. I love all yeah. those ideas. Hey, you know, this is the this is when humanity shows its true colors during times of crisis. You know, we're we're trying to make the best of everything. People yeah. realize how important community truly is online and offline and yeah. it's just Yes, I hope that when this is all said and done, we can look back and be proud of the way that we acted during, during I, I this hope tough so time. Too. 
I hope so too. And I think we are really getting back to the basics. You know, a friend of mine, my uh, a friend of mine is like making bread and giving it to neighbors and, you know, learning how to sew. I mean, because we do have a little bit more time now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, Agreed. You know, yeah, so, there. I mean, I'm not shelling anyone around to basketball practices or anything, so it's nice to be able to um, have that. So, yeah. But um, thanks again for joining us. I just have some questions, you know, our rapid-fire questions. Um, Ooh, but okay. before I go into rapid-fire, I have one last question to ask you. Um Sure. Do you think blogging is going to be dead, or do you think there's going to be a resurgence of blogging? Um, okay, this is a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, so, no, I, I don't think blogging is going anywhere. I think that um, when people start blogs, they don't realize early on how much work it's going to be. So I think mm-hmm. just naturally the workload and feeding feeding the beast, as I like to call it, uh, eliminates. Uh, a lot of digital influencers out there because it's not something you can just do once you get into it professionally, you know, when you feel like it, you really do have to follow your editorial calendar. But, uh, but I would say uh, considering that this time in our history, people have finally realized that digital marketing has become more important than ever since, you know, people are getting their information, seeing the advertising online I think that 2021 is going to be an explosive year for online uh, content creators, storytellers, and influencers because this, you know, when you're stuck at home and there's something happening outside that's preventing you from, you know, going to a store in person, going to a restaurant to dine in, you know, consuming that content online so that way those businesses that are investing in their digital advertising, it's it's going to be huge coming up. So, yeah, I think it's, it's going to explode. I don't, I, I don't see budgets going away. I know a lot of bloggers have been hurting for traffic because I think that consumers have been a little bit, you know, paralyzed in terms of uh, consuming media right now. But uh, I, I have not seen sponsorships getting canceled. If anything, I've been seeing them postponed or completely flipped. Uh, you know, I do a lot of mommy and me events in the community. Uh, I partner with a lot of retailers or businesses to bring mommies into their stores. And we're making those events digital now. So when there's a will, there's a way. But, uh, yep. you know, I think it's only going to grow. I agree. I agree. Uh, I am one of the consumers, so I definitely agree with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so rapid fire questions. Uh, so this is when our listeners get to know a little bit more about you. Um, as a person. Uh, so the first question is coffee or tea? Coffee, all the way. I live for my Keurig. All the, okay. Uh, favorite vacation? Maine, southern Maine. We love it. Ah, any particular city in Maine? Uh, Freeport and Portland are our go-tos, and it's I love just Portland. a wonderful tradition yeah. every summer heading up there. Uh, yeah, Maine is a great place. Favorite oh, yeah. business book? Favorite business book? Ooh, influencer. I read that a year ago and it had very actionable tips to help to make your social media channels especially look professional no matter what level you're on. Nice. Uh, Okay, influencer. So I'll put that in the show notes, okay? Um, What surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? That it's lonely. Mm. Yeah, it's being a solopreneur is the... It it can be lonely at times, so you need to find that tribe. And and luckily in blogging, there are a lot of tribes. 
out there. Nice. So joining that tribe and, and looking for support and offering support is, is key. Yeah. And um, last is what advice would you give to someone who's starting, interested in starting a business? A business. Well, I would say to niche down your business as much as possible because there is so much competition in all the industries now, especially in blogging, that it's not um, good enough to just be a mom blogger. These days you have to be a mom blogger who only feeds her kids gluten-free meals (laughs) and lives in Costa Rica. I mean, you really truly have to niche down to find your audience and trust me there is an audience for every topic out there so that would be my number one piece of advice is to be very clear about who you are either selling your product to or for or uh, who you are trying to provide content to Um, that audience has to be crystal crystal clear and defined in order to succeed as a small business these days and then also invest in your digital marketing (laughs) yeah well thank you so much michelle for joining us today i mean this was amazing it was like full circle of me reading your blog many many years ago and to being able to interview you thank you so much and if you would like to learn more about modern boca mom can you share with us the venue the places where people could um check you out and follow along with all your adventures in south florida Absolutely. And thank you so much, Christine, for having me. Uh, you can find my website at modernbocamom.com. And I am, a, I am on all social platforms at modernbocamom, one word. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you, Christine. <laughs>